Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. What is up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? I am so excited that you are here. Today in our program, we are welcoming Kim Doyle, the WordPress chick. Kim is a podcaster, coach, WordPress wizard, proud Genesis junkie for you WordPress folks out there, and co-founder of the F the Hustle movement. Kim, welcome to the program. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Brent. Kim, can you take a few minutes to tell us uh, about you personally and give us a little bit of an overview of your business? My business has really evolved, uh, the WordPress chick, and you know started out doing uh, websites just self-taught through WordPress. Over the years, created my own outsourcing company. I don't know that I would say it was an agency, but you know we were doing WordPress websites for clients, and I have since transitioned out of that and really focus on the the content side and marketing for WordPress. And so it, it's transitioned a lot from, you know, full staff to back to like maybe one or two people that contract with me. Um, it's been about nine years, but it's been good. Was that quick, short? <laughs> <laughs> why, uh, I guess, you know, thinking back to nine years ago, why, why the WordPress chick? Why WordPress uh, to begin with? What kind of attracted you to websites and uh, in, in going the, the content management angle uh, from the start? I was widowed in 2003 and my kids were little. They were six and two and I was working full time outside of the house and I just sort of, I knew there had to be another way <laughs> to make a living and I needed to be home for them. And so it, it took a few years, but I, I kind of fell into internet marketing through like a real estate expo. So this was pre-2008 and I, I went to this little internet marketing offshoot and this guy was talking about, you know, making eight, nine thousand dollars a month with ebooks. And I thought, what? And so I, you know, I was a big, I still am huge consumer of audio content. It was, you know, tapes and CDs in the cars. And it was a speaking empire C- CD that I'd been listening to with Mark Victor Hansen, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And there was also an internet marketing guy on that talking about the possibilities of the internet. And Brent, I was not technical, you know, like my husband had been programming like in eighth grade and I'd be like, how do I do, how do I get to my documents? (laughs) So it was just, you know, it just, all these series of events led me to this place in 2008 where I had a little bit of a cushion. I'm like, I have to make this work. I cannot do what I've been doing. And I I started following stuff online. I'd played with a free WordPress site. Like I thought I was going to get rich doing AdSense and WordPress. Um, (laughs) I, I didn't. And but it was, I had had that the first site done and it was actually called the self-help chick because I'm this at, I'm this crazy consumer of information. And so I thought, okay, well I'll monetize this with AdSense. And so I went to Elance and I looked for somebody for WordPress and AdSense help. And I just scheduled a training call with this guy. He was up in Washington. So we just got on Skype once a week and he started walking me through WordPress. And it was like, I was kind of playing with Photoshop at the time. And, and when I realized that Oh, if I change this hex color and the CSS, it's going to change it here. And I thought, okay, I can figure this out. And so because I'd had the self-help chick and I was falling in love with WordPress, I'm like, that's a really good domain name. I didn't know what I was doing and I grabbed it. And you know, the rest they say is history. <laughs> so you 
basically we're, we're going to do something completely different. And then the thing that you were using or trying to learn to do that other thing, this self-help chick site uh, built on WordPress, you ended up realizing that 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 part of it was really your passion or something that was exciting to you. Yeah, I had always been like I was in management and been in, in uh, a training manager and I really loved sort of the learning and development side of it. And I thought, oh, this is this is not as hard as I thought because I didn't, you know, it's so much easier even today than it was nine years ago. But to realize that it, it's not as difficult as you think. It's more intuitive. It's just a matter of not being afraid to break stuff, not being afraid to play with stuff. And so I, I just pivoted. And it was like I started, I offered, I, the, there was a first barter I offered. I wanted some tile done in my house. And so I bartered a website because they were using a Yahoo site. And things just kind of mm, kept picking up. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> I wonder where those will end up now if they are even around. <laughs> but so you you said something about you were widowed in two thousand three, and you you really just couldn't you, you couldn't work a career job or a normal job, and and that almost seems surprising to me because I feel like if you were you know single mom with two kids that. I don't know, maybe you'd be risk averse or you'd be like just trying to stay above flow, not starting businesses. So what like what was it that that wasn't working for you that you felt the need to engage in some risk for your family? Because it seems like family was a big motivator for you to to make that leap. It was. I had always sort of had this entrepreneurial drive. I had opened and was part owner uh, in a retail scrapbook store in 1998 and so I'd done that. I'd done some contract retail recruiting. And so I just knew there was something else I was supposed to do with my life. I, I never really felt this, you know, I wanted a career and I wanted to earn a good living. And um, it, it's just, you know, I think part of it, to be honest with you, Brent, is that when your life is turned upside down, you kind of have a screw it. Like tomorrow's tomorrow's not promised to anybody. You know, my husband, we, we were 32. So it's like, that wasn't the life I planned. So and again, you know, there is no promise of job security anymore either. But I just, I wasn't, I, I just was not willing to be gone 60 hours a week. I mean, I was commuting two hours a day and then working nine or 10 hours a day. It's like, that's, I was working to pay for daycare. It just, the whole thing seemed, and again, it's like I had a little bit of a cushion and you can usually go find another job. And so, and I'm not saying it's, it's been easy. There's been ups and downs, but I wouldn't trade it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I find that that's, just kind of speaking to the folks that maybe have a day gig that are thinking that either a full-time freelance business or, you know, starting an agency where you have multiple people or you have a team members that are helping you do that. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are in that situation. Was there anything that you did in that transition moment? I mean, I know you mentioned one thing, which was you had a little bit of a cushion. So you had some savings or something to give you some runway. Was there anything else that you did uh, that you can remember to help you to make that leap from the full-time two-hour uh, commute, <laughs> 10-hour job to, to being able to have more time with your family and ultimately more income? Yeah. You know, the first thing I did was I, I had signed up and I, I can't even remember what the name of it is. This was, it was 2008. And so I signed up for this like 15-week social media course, right? And I mean, I'd heard of Facebook and Twitter, wasn't really active with any of it. And I just committed to showing up to every single call, doing every single piece of work through it. And I made some great connections. And so the support in the community and, you know, it's like the web's a rabbit hole, right? So you find one thing that leads to another, that leads to another. And so 
I have always, like I said, I, I was in the book industry for a long time and I have this massive, another site I want to do is like this, um, information junkie. Like I love reading, I love consuming knowledge and this fed another part of me in terms of being able to consistently learn. So the income piece, I just, I baby step my way into it really. And I mean, mind you, you know, I got social security for my kids too. So, so know that it was like, there was some income. So I don't want people to hear this and think, well, I just left and everything was fantastic. Um, you know, because there were definitely risks there and it was scary, but you know, at the same time you start cutting expenses where you can as well. But, but the shift in the income was just taking that leap and saying, let's just do a barter, right? Like I didn't know what I was doing. And I really, my, my drive has always been more of the information marketing piece of it, the, the training, the education, the content. Um, but one is much more tangible to people in my quote unquote real life, right? Nine years later, Brent, and so many people still don't get what I do. They just, you build websites, right? And I don't anymore, but it was just, so to a certain extent, it's like I took those on. And even when I didn't feel it was right, there was this mass approval from people because they understood that, right? So I did that for a long time when I didn't even want to be doing it. Did you feel like when you went out on your own that I always, you know, this gets in maybe some, some woo stuff, but I feel like people a lot of times kind of conspire, the world conspires to help you. Like when you're doing something that's, that's new or that's a risk and you probably are telling everybody around you, like I'm going out on my own, I'm building websites now, or I'm building, you know, I'm going to focus on WordPress. Did you find that a lot of those around you were trying to help you, or maybe it was this social media kind of boot camp that you went through? Um, what, what were the types of feedback that you got from people going out on your own? Did you feel like they were helpful or did you feel like they were like, uh, you're crazy for giving up your job. Don't you, Kim, don't you have, you have two kids. What are you doing? Are you, you know, are you sure you really want to do this? Like what, what kind of experience did you feel was more loud for yourself? Well, you know, for the people in my like day-to-day -day life and stuff, and this is going to sound really tweaked, but I'm just going to be direct about it because of my circumstances, nobody really wanted to push my buttons, right? I had been through depression. I had taken a leave of absence from work at that point. You know, when you go through something like that, people aren't going to judge you or at least say it. So I didn't get a lot of flack and I'm super blessed with great parents and, and siblings and stuff and lots of friends who supported me. And they'd already seen me do this in my life. Like I'd taken risks with starting a business and, you know, signing a lease for a scrapbook store. I mean, you got to sell a lot of paper and stickers to be profitable, <laughs> right? So, you know, they had already, so that it wasn't that it was like this massive change in who I was. Um, but I do feel I'm a huge believer in energy and what you put out into the world and all of that. And so it was, they saw me working though. They saw me consistently working at this. And, you know, finally it's like, I used to tell my, I'm like, you guys, I'm kind of famous on the internet. My 12 year old <laughs> niece, my 12 year old niece is the only one who's Googled me and thinks it's cool. Everybody else is like, okay, Kim. but, but it was just, they saw me working at it. And so, and I would share the successes with them, but it was more about the people that showed up online, right? Like it, it really is an amazing opportunity to like, we were just talking before the call, you're in Colorado, I'm in California. It's just like, I've got friends all over the world now. And so it was consistently doing the work, consistently connecting and putting myself out there. And so absolutely the universe conspires to support you when you're taking that inspired action. Was there ever a time you, you mentioned you had some ups and some downs and, and I 
just I go I go to the downs first. Has there been a time since you committed to going full time that you were like, you know what, this is not working. I'm going to go back to the two hour commute and the ten days of the the ten hours a day at the office. Oh, absolutely. There's so many times, so many times, and it's just when you start looking at, you know, I look at what I've made in my business and what you know, I've had some amazing weeks, um, because I've done some, I've done Facebook. I've gone into a lot of different other things, always based from the WordPress check. Um, but totally, I mean, there's still times Brent where, because again, transitioning out. So like I literally just closed up the outsourcing, finished up the last website mm, two months ago. So that's really, really fresh and recent while I transition into this new direction. And so there still is this like, okay, girl, you're bootstrapping for a couple months. And can you do this? Can you do this? And, and reminding myself to stay grounded and focused. And it's, it's hard stuff changes and you see people making money and, oh, should I do this? But it got to the point where I rather would have had a job than continue that work. Hmm. You, you, you're saying what I heard from you just now is that you're actually in a pivot like this very moment that you went from just doing WordPress website kind of management builds, all that kind of stuff to more of this, uh, kind of content social agency consortium consultancy. Um, what, what made you choose to change the business model? Um, well, yeah, and there's something else too. I'm actually partnering on a web app with somebody and that all came through WordPress also. Um, I change just because, you know, it's some, it's funny. Here's an example. Somebody had said to me one time, they're like, Oh, you know, you could do some podcasting, networking and stuff. And I'm like, I'd rather be the star than the producer. <laughs> it just, it is right. And so I love to create content and I, I fully believe in recurring revenue models. I believe in the information space and it's just, that's more where I shine. So the truth is I serve people better by doing what lights me up. So the fact that I had developers and designers, to work with me, you know, and I was more of the, um, I don't know, the consultant. And because, because it was very easy, you know, people would laugh, like I, I stopped putting portfolios or, or project pricing, anything on my site years ago, but I'm constantly walking the talk, right. With, with, through creating content and, and talking to them about strategy and whatnot. And so it was not, it, it all was referral. It was all referral. Like I never advertised nothing for that stuff. So I just knew that I was going to do a lot better with the stuff that, that really lights me up. And for a while I had done, we had a done for you podcasting service and that was way more profitable. And this is probably, but it was more profitable to, for websites because I had not gone through anything like you gurus in terms of pricing and, and really learning it to manage that project flow. And the thing is like, I, the older I get, you know, like my kids are 16 and 20, I'm sort of like close to that empty nest or even though I'm like, I'm not supposed to be that old to hear those words out of my mouth, but closer to that space. And so I, I want a certain level of freedom. Like I've never wanted outside offices or anything. Everything I was doing is virtual. So I really realized freedom to me is simply I, I like to be able to take a nap in the afternoon. I want to go float in the pool and read a book. I want to be able to, you know, travel and stuff. So I, I think having raised my kids by myself for, you know, almost 15 years now and done it all, it's like I'm ready for more ease in my life. So this whole freedom piece is my my focus is recurring revenue now and more time to create. Let's talk about recurring revenue a little bit. 
every entrepreneur is like, ooh, recurring revenue. But there's there's more to it than that. It's not just, oh, let's put some pricing together and just charge people per month and they'll give us our credit cards and we'll get to charge them every month until you know the end of time. What are some of the things that you're doing right now in this new model that you think are going to make it successful on that side of recurring revenue? So there's two things. So the first thing is through the WordPress chick, you know, I had fought doing any sort of membership site literally since its inception because I didn't want to, you know, there's so much free information out there for how to WordPress. And a lot of it is amazing. It's amazing. I didn't want to be, and again, this is, (laughs) this is clearly like my ego set or whatever, but in the tech support, how to technically do this with this. Right. And, and so I fought it and I fought it and I fought it. And it was really over this last year when I realized I needed to transition that I just dove full force into content. And so I tested it. Like there's so many ways that you can do a validation. So I thought, all right, um, for the web app, and I'll, I'll fill you in on that, but I need to create a content strategy for this. So why don't I just teach it? I'll just, I'll, I'll do a beta class. I'll do a one-on-one strategy with everybody. We'll do a four-week class. They'll help me build it. I'll, I'll go through this because I was looking at a course model at the time. And so it was fantastic. It completely validated it for me. And the thing is, because I had been creating content, and I, I think, you know, last time we had talked, I'd mentioned, you know, I do a daily email. And I kind of say almost, there's days here and there I miss it, but it goes out at least five times a week. So my audience has watched me again, you know, I'm walking the talk about content and using it and building a relationship and building an audience. That was the easiest thing in my life that I've ever sold. I simply mentioned in an email and I had three people respond right away. I want to, and I want to, cause I said, I'm only going to do 10 spots cause I was going to do a one-off and mm. I ended up doing right. So I was like, there's something here and there's something here. And so, you know, I've through what I do and who I talk to, it's like, I'm just getting so much validation. Content's not going anywhere. It never will. Strategies will change. Uh, mediums for what type of content you create, you know, we're going to work differently for different people. But the fact is it remains. And it's, here's a great example, Brent. I had uh, somebody that I had interviewed, I want to say within like the first 50 episodes of my podcast or whatnot. And this is somebody that I had met through the mastermind and whatnot. And it was a great interview, great interview out of the blue. I haven't talked to this person in a couple of years. He emails me and says, you know, I'm redoing some SEO for my name and your podcast post comes up number two for my name in Google. You know, can you take that down or, and I was like, no, (laughs) so (laughs) like, and it, and it paints a very good light for him. So I'm not sure what the issue was, but it was really like, well, no, I'm sure if you are willing to build something solid, right. And, and create content and value around your own name, you'll be able to rank higher than I do. Like, so, so that was the point. And (laughs) it's one of, I'm digging into the SEO on my site. One of the, I rank, I'm not kidding you. Number one for WordPress website packages in Google. I've not offered those. It's this page that needs to be redirected. I'm like, I need to sell this to somebody or something. But there, but it's again, it's the sticking with it and being consistent. And you learn and you adjust stuff. But but you know, this whole thing. So I, I took all of that. I just want to. I just want to tell people because I had to Google it. I was like, uh, does she? Does she? <laughs> <laughs> Did it come up? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You came up. So good, good, good job on the SEO front. Well, and it's, and some of that stuff, Brent is just history. I don't, I don't know, but, but whatever it is. So I'm like, okay. But, but so with that, you know, it's like, I, 
I love learning about content and I'm testing stuff. That's where half the content comes through. I tell people, okay, this is what I did. This is what worked. This didn't work. You know, content, half of it to me is, is just sharing and, and documentation. Um, and so I thought, you know what? I'm willing, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm not, I so commend people to do big launches and, you know, do all that stuff. I'm in this for this. I finally have gone back to direct response marketing principles, you know, good copy, good content. And not that I was against it. I just have decided to sort of master it. I'm studying old books, right, on copywriting and stuff. And so gone back and it's so it's going to be on content. There'll be two new lessons a month. And I'm will I don't care if five people sign up. I'm going to stick with it and I'm just going to let it build consistently, communicate, provide value. So that's and that will be the only offering. That will be the only offering through the WordPress check. I'm going to continue with the podcast and with the content. Um, I might have guests in there. And then the other thing, I'm this complete fiend for playing with software <laughs> um, and, and tools. And so I, I was approached by uh, Gordon uh, Orlick of Web Factory Limited. And they've done like, I don't know, a thousand WordPress plugins and they do white labeling. I want to say last June, they had been in the Envato Marketplace Code Canyon was changing a bunch of pricing structure. And he said, you know, would you be interested in, you know, a partnership or promoting or a podcast interview? We we hit it off. He's like, do you have any ideas for plugins? And I was like, yeah. So we kind of started playing with something. And the problem with, to me, the, the WordPress plugin space is there's, there's a shift happening sort of in this ecosystem and the pricing model where, you know, people complaining about a hundred dollar renewal license a year. <laughs> um, and I just, I was like, I don't want to be in this support hellhole and I love web apps. So came, came across this idea. Um, and I've really been sort of studying lead generation and list building. Um, and not, not just from a, how to grow a big list, right? But okay, am I setting up the UTM parameters correctly? Did I created a complete list building and tagging framework and active campaign? I went in and cleaned it all up. So that's the kind of boring stuff. Not a lot of people talk about in this space. And I'm like, set up the foundation. So anyways, it's, it's called lead surveys. And the point is a simple, you know, two, three step opt-in that segments your subscribers as they opt in and allows for retargeting. And, you know, so from day one, um, and it's not like this huge, you know, I, I don't know, 10 person, 10 question survey, but I just, I saw this and I thought this is fantastic. And so it, it just, it worked. I get to do marketing and content. They're doing all of the development and same thing. I said, look, I'm in this for the long haul. And I learned all these terms. It's been fascinating. I had no idea about server costs and, and calls to the server. And it, so I've learned a lot. Um, but I love that idea also. Like I love the idea of a software company. So those are the two focuses for me. Well, I can tell you just to reflect back um, kind of what I, I heard you just explain, uh, you're definitely very passionate about content and about marketing and about the stuff you've been doing with the podcast. I, I think it's a very logical progression for you to leave the more um, kind of standard like WordPress build and building the full websites. If if you're just interested in that one thing, that one aspect of the site or of their marketing strategy, and that's what really lights you up, I think a lot of people feel like, well, then I must do new, more websites to get that one little thing that I love doing. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that if you specialize, if you lean into that one thing during the entire project that you really love doing, that gives you energy and gets you excited and you think you do better than anybody else, that you can actually get rid of all of the other stuff. You can get rid of all of that and say, you know what? I don't need to do that other stuff. I'm just going to become the best person at, you know, content marketing strategy or at uh, even just, you know, 
segmenting surveys uh, or, you know, other things you can do on segmenting and on those customer surveys. Like that's, that's enough. There's enough of a, of an internet out there, a marketplace that I think that when you do specialize into that one area that you really love doing, um, it gives you that, you know, you're going to have energy to do what you're doing more all the time than had you continued doing what you didn't like doing. And I feel like a lot of agencies and even freelancers are probably in that situation where they're doing these big projects and maybe they really only enjoy one part. Maybe it's the, maybe for them it's the WordPress building. Maybe, maybe it's the custom development. Maybe it's the plugin development. Um, and, and then they're doing all of this other stuff because they think that they're supposed to. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And, and the, the, the fun thing about it is in a way I feel like I've become this cheerleader then this massive advocate for people who do those things really well. I feel like it's this kind of opportune time because I can't tell you how much swag I get, Brent. Like when I become a fan, well, when I become a fanatic about a product, I've got stuff from CoSchedule. I've got, you know, it's like people send me stuff because I just share the ease of use and why I'm excited about it. And so, you know, it, it it's just, I love to then say, hey, I have a platform. You can solve a problem for my audience. There is zero like worry about, oh, giving business away. I'm like, who can I refer you to that can help you with that? Yeah, actually, I, I feel like that was just to kind of give you props for that. I think when I was, you interviewed me for your podcast, your your question directly after the podcast was, who can I introduce you to? Who can I help you meet? Um, and I feel like that's uh, that's a very abundant-minded approach to business and to life is that I want to, you know, you want to share your resources or introduce people to your black book, which I think some people are very protective of. They're very like, I don't want to introduce you to all the people that I've worked so hard to meet. And they view the world in that lens. Kind of like the guy you mentioned earlier. I, I wrote down like guy that was upset that your podcast link for his interview became the number one spot. Like I, I just, I, I had to go back to that at some point because that is the mindset of the the scarce mindset that that's that's a bad thing that your content about him was was higher up than his content about himself because well, he didn't have any content <laughs> about himself but but thank you i appreciate that and and in truth like you know it's, it took me a couple of weeks to get some of those introductions to you but i'm committed to that and so it's just sort of like you know this whole like be authentic and be transparent and i don't think it's anything we need to necessarily like work at it's it's just okay to be honest and share like life's been swirly and let me get those to you and you know i had I had a great discussion with somebody and we were talking about the difference between truthful and transparent you know not everybody needs to know everything but just say hey and i just i do i appreciate appreciate that you got that because I don't live from a lack, you know, space at all. And, and it's funny because for years I did this and it's just who I am. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, now I actually have things that I feel so solid about that I have no problem when I'm ready to, to push them to the world, say, Hey, would you take a look at this? Is this something that will serve your audience? And if it doesn't, then great. I'm still happy to share because I'm also not one of those promote me, even though your audience has nothing to do with this. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't go for that either. <laughs> I, I, I really want our, you know, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have some, uh, fear or concern around your competitors or 
around other agency owners or other designers or developers and you're not networking, you're not reaching out to the people because you think that you're you know, holding some secret sauce uh, or you don't want to, you know, maybe you got interviewed on a podcast and you don't want, you know, your other friends to do that because you feel special to have that connection or that celebrity or whatever. You know, I just want to encourage you to adopt the mindset that Kim has and that I learned very not early on enough that I, I learned after probably seven or eight years of being in business that my biggest competitors actually now are kind of like some of my best industry friends. Um, and that it's better to reach out and make the connection and to offer the introductions and to offer the help than it is to try to hold your cards close. Cause that's, that's scarce mindset when it, when it, you know, that's a really obvious place that it's present is if you're not willing to talk to your competitors about your business or share, you know, secrets or tactics with them that really aren't that secret promise you. There's lots of people doing it. Uh, but that mindset of that, that scarce mindset, if it's, if it's present there, it's going to be present in your pricing. It's going to be present with your customers. It's going to be present uh, with your employees. It's something that is is going to be rampant throughout your business and your organization. And people will often will ask me like, well, if I start sharing all my stuff, won't people like copy me and won't my business be hurt? And it's like, well, maybe there'll be that one time or you know, there'll be some tax to it. There might be some risk to that, but it's a, a small enough risk that it really isn't worth withholding. Um, and I love to hear that you're you're leaning into that, and it's part of your natural kind of who Kim is. I was just going to add something to that. I was thinking with you know agencies, and and my my guess would be that you know as an example, like I didn't do, we didn't do, um, and I don't know that I would say we were an agency, but didn't do you know say e-commerce sites. We're I I mean had done a few and stuff, but it was one of those things that there are agencies that probably excel at that. And look, I can do it for my own stuff. I can, I'll get you set up on the basics, but, but let me refer you. I are Infusionsoft. I can't stand that piece of software. So would always refer somebody out. And it's like, you become this trusted authority. It's, it's, it's so not a, um, I don't know, you become the trusted authority and you'd be surprised how many people come back then for something else because they, you know, you had it within you to say, now somebody else can do this better. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we had a website in, in, a, in a market and it was, you know, we had a direct competitor. It was like a one a head to head thing in the, in that marketplace. And our competitor basically became one of my really good friends. Like we would have these really long, lengthy conversations at conferences or on the phone about things that were going on in the marketplace. We, we became, I mean, there, there was definitely information that, it's not like we would share everything with each other, but we we were we became very close over the course of that market, kind of going through the the, the multiple stages of the market, and and it was so valuable, and I got so much more out of it than any risk of them like learning my next move. I think that you know there's uh there's very few marketplaces that really are your true one to one competitors. Like if if you're doing web stuff and somebody else is doing web stuff, like okay, <laughs> there, there's there's a lot of shades of that. Like they might be doing WordPress, you might be doing Drupal, they might be doing, you know, WordPress too, but they only do websites with doctors or you know, there's so many shades of what's goes on in the marketplace. I just I like to encourage people to get out of their out of their shell. Um it sounds like you came out out of your shell, so that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you what's exciting you about your business today and and I I feel like I'm hearing from you that it's it's content. What about content? Like, what about content? I mean, I've heard from you over the course of this interview that if you could just be doing content all the time, that just like makes you really 
really happy. Like what is it about content and about this podcasting stuff? Like what really gets at your core and makes you so excited about this stuff? Like as a kid, I thought I was going to be a graphic designer. I would spend hours in my room drawing, right? So there's this total creative bent to me that just excites me. Like, <laughs> I don't know if this is TMI, but, you know, I, I will rewatch. I can't tell you how many times I've watched every single Harry Potter. Like my kids will come in and I'm still on the first few, you know, because there's this, it's, it's this like magic and possibility. There's something, there's very, there's this childlike quality that creation brings out in me and it just makes me happy. Like truly it, it just kind of gets me excited. And so there's something about content and I'll tell you, it, it really shifted for me when I launched the podcast. And because I was at a point, I had zero, I had been listening to Pat Flynn for years or, you know, however many years he'd had it at that point. And I had a crate of cassette tapes, right? Like Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley and all that in my car when I used to commute way back when. And so I loved audio content and there was something, it just always inspired me, right? Like I'm always listening. I'm the most anti-social shopper in the world. I've always got a headset in when I'm out and about. Um, but I just wanted to have more fun. And I think because I felt a huge imposter syndrome, because I wasn't a developer, I wasn't a coder, I was just showing people how to do stuff more intuitively. And so I think the podcast, it, it was just, it allowed me to be me. And I just said, screw it. I wanted to have more fun. And the validation that I got back from people and the, the, the relationships that came from that was like this massive light bulb. So then I started writing more like I talked and I can't tell many people say, I totally hear your voice when I'm reading your content. And it was like, this is really fun. Like, and the other thing I wanted to do I can't do not was like be a motivational speaker. I gave a speech at my high school graduation. And so it's like all of these things that had been innate in who I was, I was like getting, it feels like I'm playing and I keep feeling like I just keep mastering this craft. Like, okay, well you need to pull in more images and do you have the right amount of links? And, and how is, is this readable? Is this scannable? And so it's be, kind of become a game to see and, and testing quick example. I had done a, uh, my first Facebook live, by myself. And I just announced it or whatever. It was really fun. I get to be me. You know, I probably should sit because I move too much when I stand, but it was really fun. And then I pulled the video into my site as, as a post. And, um, I, I wrote like a, this was my thoughts on doing my first live stream. That was my highest traffic day in months for it. And I was like, okay, here's a new format. And again, like I think we'll see even with the format of live streaming and content, I think there will be a shift between people who just, hey, everybody, like random, no plan, no thought. I think that will phase out. Um, and so it's like, how can I do this to really connect with people? I, Because I don't, most people don't, we don't have the time just to, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. It's like, I kind of want a strategy and a direction, hence growing up a little bit. Um, so it's, it's to be able to try something and go that really, really worked or, or to realize, you know, which posts are getting the most content, the most traffic and how can I leverage that? How can I put a content upgrade in there? Or can I, I'm playing with messenger bot right now without being like, I don't want to ever be that smarmy, hypey internet marketer. So I just tell people what I'm doing. I'm like, you guys, I'm going to try this. Does anybody want to do this with me? You guys want to do a, a book group? Like I don't care. And so it's really fun because I've let go of worrying about what people think really. Um, you know, so it's, it's, I just, I get excited about it. As you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell we, we, we should probably, uh, find some time to nerd out on content. And, uh, I, I obviously, I love live video. I love, I love writing and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you've found that, that 
passion and have been able to achieve that flow for yourself because I think it's showing and I think I'm, I'm really happy that you decided to, to change the business so that you can structure it around your flow. I think if more people can follow your lead and figure out what is that place in the company, that service that you're currently providing that is, is flow to you and, and just create everything around that because I don't want to say something like you know, life's too short to do what you don't love doing. Um, cause that's like, I don't know, kind of patronizing. I think to people that are doing something that they don't really like. Um, I think it comes down to the fact that there's so much opportunity out there and the marketplace is so big that, you know, the truth I try to tell people is you can do just that one thing and probably run a multi-million dollar business. You know, if you just focus on that one thing, a friend of mine did this with, um, just the, the, the strategy around user experience and they don't even have, They don't build websites. They don't build apps. They don't build any of that stuff. Like all they do is the user experience strategy. And that's what their agency did. They, before that they were doing design, they were taking those designs and turning them into applications or websites. And they had a development arm and all this kind of stuff. And they couldn't figure out how to scale the business. They couldn't get the business beyond just what they were doing. And they just, instead of expanding their services and going, you know, wider, they just got rid of like 90% of everything that they did. And they just focused on this eight week user experience intensive for their clients. It cost something like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars for the eight weeks to go through as a client. And they got crazy specific about it. They wrapped a very specific process uh, around that experience and they figured out who their customer was and then they got to work and they scaled. And it was like, okay, you know, I think that was very surprising for them was we could actually do less stuff but do it better and do it uh, in a way that um, is more helpful to the marketplace and the marketplace will reward you for that. So I think you've got some good stuff in your future. If you're this passionate about what you're doing right now, I think that the, uh, the business will get as big as you want um, while maintaining your, uh, your reading time and you're relaxing in the pool. So you've got some constraints <laughs> there that, you know, it, it's going to grow as to, to whatever you want it to be. And I think that's really exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really thankful that you, took some time to share that story with us today, Kim. Thanks, Brian. I'm, I'm pretty excited, you know, and for the long haul. And I mean, it took me nine years to get here, but you know, that's some tenacity not, paid off. <laughs> that's not, that's not that long. So that's, that's good. Uh, you know, in the, in the, in the entrepreneurial sense of time. Uh, so, uh, real quick, do you have, do you have time to jam out some lightning round, uh, question answer? Let's do it. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? I literally had stickers made with this bread and uh, it's, I did. Uh, and I use the hashtag just to show up, to show mm. up, you know, so many people wait until this and I, and I need to take my own advice in other areas of my life, but it's show up where you're at with what you're doing and it, it will take there. People will resonate with you. Just show up. That's it. Show up. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Woody Allen's 80% of life is, is just showing up. That's that's definitely something I've dropped in our our, uh, our live streams and stuff before. So that's a good good advice. Uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I reading probably reading and my my love of learning and and you know it's just what I have found and it might sound sideways but over the last you know I don't know probably nine months now that I've been doing this daily email. Um, I've kind of gone backwards. It's like, it's like these little small consistent actions over time are what bring you the biggest reward. So, and it's, it's been through my reading and love that I have found these habits, you know, that work for me. And so I, I would definitely say reading. 
I would say that's a good habit. Most of the <laughs> uh, most successful people in the world, like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, uh, Ariana Huffington, and, and the likes, have talked about their their habit in uh, being voracious readers. So uh, that's a good one. Nobody, and I just want to put this out there. I mean, r- books are important, and nobody so far on the podcast has said reading is their uh, the habit that has uh, led to their biggest success. So, um, you know, I think that's that's a a, a good one. You're like, ah, oh, it's reading, but that's that's <laughs> important. It's hard, but it's important. Can you share an internet resource or tool that you use um, daily or often that you think our listeners would find valuable? Yeah, and. I'm going to share one that I found and have become really obsessed with recently um, and even did a video and a post on it just yesterday. It's called Missing Letter, L-E-T-T-R. One of my primary business goals this year was automation. And it's like, what what is something that I'm doing now that I can get more systems in place for? And so it's not, you know, like jumping into Tumblr. I'm like, I don't use Tumblr. So anything I'm doing, how can I automate this more effectively and efficiently? And so Missing Letter, what it does basically is it pulls in your site and you can have I found it through AppSumo. I have so many credits of them. It's crazy. But it was um, so you can have like 10 sites, but it'll pull all your content in and then it creates a social campaign for you for nine months. But the difference is the first step is you go through. So it'll it'll pull a post, let's say, and then it it pulls up hashtags so you can adjust the hashtags. They say to use one to three so you can approve them or, or change them. And then the next page shows you nine posts and there's they pull in either different images from your content or it pulls in and creates quote images from your content. So you can scroll through. There's like, I don't know, you know, X amount of options for that. And then on the right hand side is con is content. So it'll pull in a tweet or, you know, just a saying or a phrase or check out our latest article. So you can mix and match, you can upload your own, you can edit the content. And so what that's done for me right now, it's uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn and Google plus Facebook, I think is coming in the next week or so. And then Pinterest. Um, but to me, so I kind of like to sort of hack this stuff, right? So I look at it and I tweak it and I adjust it. And two things right away that I saw in terms of content opportunities was one, it, it gave me great ideas for adding clickable tweets back into my content because it's pulling them up for me. And when I'm writing my own content, sometimes I don't necessarily find I'm as tweetable <laughs> as I would like to be. So <laughs> it, it, right, it does that for me. And then the other thing is um, I, I look at stuff that I wouldn't have necessarily created a, a quote for myself. Huh. And so I think, oh my gosh. And I know that they're adding different images. They're going to be adding different quote images and, 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 um, data and, and, and analytics and stuff. But at the end of the day, the fact that I went, okay, like I did this, I'm pretty sure I did this, uh, with our podcast interview. And so I have nine different posts scheduled to go out for the rest of, for 12 months. And, you know, I use CoSchedule and I re-queue things, but I have a tendency just, I just use a featured image and I make sure it's on the calendar multiple times. Well, none of these posts are identical. And hmm. I'm like, this is gold. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm You're, you're making me like, I, I now have my next couple of hours after our interview to go check out this tool because it definitely sounds like it solves a problem. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and since you're a, a reader, this one should be good for you. What book would you recommend and why? Uh, Pro- Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And, uh, you know, I read a lot of business, nonfiction, spiritual. Obstacle is the Way kind of pulled them all in together. Have you read that? 
I have, and I am a big uh, stoicism fan in general. Um, so anytime that I can add more challenge or adversity uh, voluntarily to my life, I've I've tried to do that. Yeah, it was just I've you know I, I've not read a ton of of historical stuff, and it was like his ability to pull in the story from you know a war and and how it was the obstacle that got them through it, and it's just the title itself. You know, I've read it a couple times. I'm reading Ego is the Enemy too, his other book, but there's there's just there's something about the online marketing space, whether it doesn't matter what what niche you're in, say that there is sort of been this loss of it takes time, energy and work to to, to scale something long term and sustainable. It just does. Will there be great things that hit out of the park? Absolutely. But anything I feel so trite, anything worth doing is doing well, you're going to have fumbles and stuff. And so when you go back and look at all of these uh, you know, names and, and egos, the enemy, I'll be really quick. I'm sorry, is he brought up the story um, being a Bay Area girl of Bill Walsh and how he took the 49ers, you know, in the 80s from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league and probably one of the best teams in the history of the NFL in three years because it was it was not about he was like it was literally about every small detail and he was not a, a showboater it wasn't about you know the ego is about playing the game and mastering fundamentals and being on the field in the right place and how they dressed and and how they worked well as a team and stuff and so you know i keep preaching to my audience i'm like master the fundamentals everything else will be easier from then so Obstacle is the way it would be my recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great, um, I feel like even in the entrepreneur culture that optimizing and, and I push these, I don't know if you call them myths or strategies or tactics, but you know, really optimizing your life, optimizing your business, automating stuff, delegating stuff, getting stuff, you know, out of your way, make things easier, give yourself more time to focus on what's important. And I think that's all true. Um, but then there's also this, like, you know, you have to be careful not to avoid challenge. Uh, and if something is hard, you know, it's not always the right thing to outsource or um, get somebody else to do. And sometimes it's important for you to do really hard things and to overcome obstacles and figure out how to do that stuff. So it's uh, it's something I've spent a lot of time on recently is, is looking at those challenges that are in my life, uh, both personal and professional, and how to how to lean into that more. So it's not about just optimizing all the time, but actually you know, keeping yourself, keeping the blade sharp uh, and making sure that you're doing a lot of hard things often. Because I think the most, you know, to find the most success and the most meaning or purpose in life usually comes out of doing hard stuff, not just out of, you know, making the most money, but actually out of, um, you know, overcoming those challenges and adversity. So I, I can get 100% behind uh, that book. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up. That also has not yet been brought up. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You know, and just the last thing, Brent, I'm like, it's really okay to enjoy the journey. I enjoy spending four hours on a blog post. I just, I'm like, that was kind of awesome. I get to sit here at home with my dog sleeping behind me and create something for four hours. Like, that's really cool. And it, it's not always the end result. I, I literally, my high school yearbook, my quote was, success is not the destination, but the quality of the journey. And I feel like I finally got that. <laughs> <laughs> that's called full circle. So I know. <laughs> Uh, how can our audience find more about you and where can they check out anything that you might have for them? Uh, the best place is the website, the WPChick.com. All my social profiles are on there, content, podcast, everything. So just the WPChick.com. 
Awesome. Check it out, Kim. It's been so great to hear your story and your journey from deciding to start your business uh, to really uh, elevating your passion and what you're doing right now. I can tell that you're so excited about it. We are excited for you. And uh, if you guys have listened to this episode so far and you're like, man, I want to connect with Kim, I'm telling you right now to do that. Make sure to carry your own bag, go to her website, reach out to her, um, follow her on social, get to know more about her business. It sounds like she could do a lot in terms of content uh, for your agency or for your clients. This is me uh, selling Kim a little bit. So uh, reach out and uh, talk to her about what she's doing. And I'm sure you guys can have a good conversation and figure out where this overlapped. And that's, uh, that's great. Thank you, Kim. Thanks so much for having me, Brent. All right. Stay tuned for next episode.